Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. The animal that we're talking about today is the largest snake in the world, and it has a reputation that goes along with this fact. They haven't been portrayed in the best light throughout history, but these animals are really amazing. So come with me to the rainforests of South America to talk about animals that have a unique way of killing their prey. Anacondas. There are four anaconda species which we're going to talk about later on in the episode, but usually when people say anaconda, they're talking about the green anaconda. And they're members of the boa family, and all of the species are found in South America, east of the Andes. Anacondas like to live in swamps and rivers in tropical rainforests like the Amazon, and they love the heat and humidity. And like I said before, anacondas are the largest snake in the world. They can weigh up to 550 pounds, which is over two times heavier than Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and they can grow to be around 20 to 30 feet long. This is half the length of a bowling lane and about as tall as a telephone pole. And even though pythons can get a little bit longer, anacondas are much wider and heavier. And like in many animals that aren't mammals, females are much larger than males. And one of the reasons for this could be the fact that females have to give birth, which requires a lot of energy and strength, while males don't have to do this. Anacondas are reptiles, and they live about 10 years in the wild and 30 years in captivity. They're a little bit clumsy and awkward on land, but they're really swift and agile in the water, which is why they like to live in marshy areas. And what's interesting is that anacondas have a different method of moving around than other snakes do. They move by rectilinear locomotion, meaning that they don't slither. The scales underneath the snake lift off the ground and pull them forward in a straight line. Because they love the water, they have loose and soft skin, which allows the scales to hold a lot of water. And their eyes and nostrils are on the top of their head, which allows them to be completely submerged under the water while they're waiting for their prey. And you've probably seen them in some form of pop culture as well. There are multiple movies just called Anaconda. They're also portrayed in South American myths as shapeshifters, the creators of water, and vicious human eaters. But like many predatory animals, these guys have a bad reputation for no reason, and we'll talk about that later on. Anacondas are extremely muscular, which helps them with how they take down their prey. They also usually have thick black stripes that run from their eyes to their jaws. They also have spurs on their scales, which show that their ancestors used to have legs. And these structures are called vestigial structures, which are structures that we don't use anymore. And they're one piece of evidence that tells us that evolution happens. And as I said, there are four different anaconda species, so let's talk about each one a little bit. 
Luckily, their names give us some information about what they look like. Green anacondas are greenish-brown. Yellow anacondas are yellow with black spots. And dark-spotted anacondas are brown with dark spots. The other species is called the Bolivian anaconda, but we really don't know much about this species. They're greenish-brown, just like the green anaconda, and they're really only found in specific parts of Bolivia. Even though there are differences between the four species, they all hunt and kill their prey in the same way. You're going to want to hear this right after the break. The person that I want to recognize on this week's episode of Notable Figures in Science is Hypatia, who was an ancient Greek astronomer and philosopher. She only lived to be around 50 years old, but she accomplished a lot in her life. She was known as maybe the first woman to study philosophy, mathematics, and astronomy, as her father was a mathematician too. And even though she wasn't correct on this, she may have been one of the first people to hypothesize that the Earth was at the center of the universe. She was also a great teacher and taught all different types of people from different backgrounds. Not too much else is known about her because most of her work has been destroyed, but she broke a great amount of barriers for her time. Unfortunately, she was also murdered for her philosophical beliefs. If you want to learn more about Hypatia or this series, check out onwildlife.org. Okay, welcome back. So anacondas are nocturnal, meaning that they mostly hunt their prey at night. They can actually sense the heat signatures given off by an animal, which makes it a lot easier to hunt in the dark. And they're non-venomous, but they use another way to catch their prey. They are known as constrictors. This means that they wrap their muscular bodies around their prey and squeeze them until they suffocate. They eat animals that can be pretty big, like wild pigs, deer, birds, turtles, capybaras, caimans, and sometimes even jaguars. But smaller anacondas usually eat rodents and lizards. There's also some evidence of cannibalism, as female anacondas have been observed to eat the males. Now, thinking about how anacondas kill their prey, there are a lot of misconceptions about how constricting works. Many people believe that they crush the bones of their prey, but this isn't actually true. A new study suggests that anacondas kill their prey because constriction stops the flow of blood to the brain, which can kill them in seconds. So I guess that's probably not the worst way to get eaten. And even though they don't crush the bones of their prey, they can still squeeze with a force of 90 pounds per square inch. And if you look at an anaconda, you'll see that they're very well camouflaged for their environment, which makes them effective hunters. But once they kill their prey, they don't chew it. They swallow it whole, although they do have teeth. Their teeth are sharp and curved, which helps them restrain the prey. There's also another misconception about anacondas when it comes to eating. They don't unhinge their jaws because their jaws aren't like ours. They're attached with flexible ligaments so that they can swallow their prey whole no matter the size. They also have really stretchy skin that allows their body to change shape to fit their meal. Once an anaconda eats, it needs to find a safe place to digest it. The weight of a meal can make it difficult to move, which is dangerous if there's any predators around. The process can take several days to several weeks depending on the size of the meal. They can also go weeks or even months without eating. 
And when they're digesting, they prefer a warm place to speed up their metabolism, which helps them digest the food more quickly. And anacondas digest their food the same way that most other snakes do, which is very different from other animals. The first step is swallowing and getting the food into their stomach. Inside the mouth are salivary glands to moisten the food, which makes it easier to swallow. The anacondas have two swallowing movements. The first is that of other animals. The esophagus squeezes together and forces down the food, and this is called peristalsis. The second part relies on the spine and the body of the snake. Those two structures bend and make the ribs push against the food, and it looks like the snake is crawling its body over the food. The anaconda continues these movements until the prey reaches its stomach. And after this, the process is very similar to our own digestion. The stomach produces enzymes which help digest the food, and then it moves to the small intestine where nutrients are absorbed. Then there's the large intestine which helps process waste. That's a long and painstaking process just to get some food, but they have to eat a lot less frequently than we do. Now let's talk about anaconda communication. One of the ways that they communicate is through odor, and they're mostly solitary animals, but they do get together to mate. During the spring, females leave a scent trail of an airborne chemical to attract males. Females like to stay around the same place while males travel much further distances to find them. They stick their tongue out and flick it back into their scent gland, which helps them process the smell. And mating takes place in or near water. They form these things called breeding balls, which means that they form giant swarms of snakes. One female can be in a breeding ball with 2 to 12 other males, and the males wrestle for the chance to mate with her. This process is really long. They could be wrestling each other for weeks at a time. Sometimes the male who wins gets to breed, but other times the female, who is a lot stronger, gets to choose. And females can mate with several males in a breeding season, and this is called polyandry. The gestation period for an anaconda is around 7 months, and during this time, the females don't hunt or eat. This could be because hunting for food can be risky, but it could also be because it takes a lot of energy that the female needs to store for when she gives birth. Females usually mate once every two years, but it could be even less than that. And unlike many other kinds of snakes, anacondas don't lay eggs. They keep the eggs inside of their bodies until they're ready to hatch. Then they hatch in the mother, so the anacondas are basically giving birth to live young. And the mother doesn't care for her babies at all, which is pretty normal for reptiles. But luckily for the babies, they're already equipped with the skills that they need to survive by themselves. The babies are around 2 feet long when they're born, and they're almost immediately able to swim and hunt for themselves. Okay, when we get back from our break, I'm going to tell you a little bit about why anacondas don't deserve the bad rap that they get. Time for today's trivia question. How many pieces of plastic go into the ocean every day? A. 1 million B. 8 million C. 11 million or D. 17 million The answer is B. 8 million pieces of plastic go into the ocean every single day. 
So next time you're in the grocery store, think about buying something that isn't wrapped in plastic compared to something that is. All right, welcome back. Anacondas have a reputation of being able to eat a person whole, but have they ever actually done this? While there have been reports of anacondas eating a person, none of them have been verified. Now, anacondas are definitely capable of eating humans because they've been observed eating things about the size of people, like white-tailed deer. But in most cases, if a human has ever been attacked by an anaconda, they've always been able to live to tell the tale. And it's not like people are never around anacondas. There are anaconda researchers that are in their territory daily. In December of 2012, the Discovery Channel aired a special called Eaten Alive, where a man named Paul Rosalie was going to willingly let himself be eaten by an anaconda. He wore a special suit of armor that was supposed to protect him from the fangs and from being digested. And they thought that at some point he would be regurgitated by the snake or they would just cut the snake open, which is definitely not a humane thing to do. But the snake just had no desire to eat him, even though they doused him in pig's blood to make the snake want to eat him more. It did end up attacking him because it got scared, but that was really the extent of it. And you may be asking yourself, Who cares if they have a bad reputation? They're just snakes. But I think we all underestimate what the power that the general public's view on an animal can have on its conservation. Luckily, most anaconda populations are not threatened, and we still don't know a lot about their numbers in the wild. But other animals haven't been so lucky. Our fear of sharks is one of the reasons why millions of them are killed every single year. But a major problem that arises with anacondas is that people will kill one if they see it due to the negative stigma around them. But as you just learned, it's unlikely that an anaconda would want to kill or eat humans at all, so we shouldn't be killing them either. Usually, if an anaconda senses humans in the area, they'll retreat in another direction. And the biggest threat to these snakes is habitat loss, because rainforests are being cut down for timber and agriculture. And they're really important to the ecosystems. They're an apex predator, so they keep the balance of the food web that they're a part of. They eat rodents, lizards, and other species, which makes sure that one organism isn't overpopulating the area. So how can we help anacondas and the organisms that live in the rainforest? Let's take a look at some organizations that you can support. There's the Rainforest Trust, Amazon Watch, and Amazon Conservation Team. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of anacondas. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. (laughs) 